what happens when we don't have time to watch that movie everyone is raving about? Reading the synopsis is a great way to be in on the current pop culture. But what happens if it is a bad synopsis? Can you base the movie off of what you read only? We'll find out on today's reading of Bad Movie Synopsis. Welcome to today's uh, reading of a Bad Movie Synopsis. This is Mrs. Doubtfire, which was released in 1993. And uh, I'm going to try to throw in some fun movie facts as we go through and do this recording. But, uh, you know, still working out how that's going to that's gonna turn out inside these um, shows. You have to excuse that because I'm trying to, to uh, deaden the sound. So I have this blanket over my head while I'm doing this recording and trying to make it, you know, sound sound better. Please, please say the quality's better. <laughs> anyway, uh, so like I said, I'm going to try to do some uh, fun facts, kind of talk more about the background of how the movie was made and some fun things with it as we as we read through this, as well as give some uh, insight into just just how bad some of these are written. To start. Daniel Hillard is a voice actor living in San Francisco, California. Though a devoted, loving, and well-meaning father to his three children, Lydia, Chris, and Natalie, Daniel is a poor disciplinarian, and his wife, Miranda, considers him unreliable. One day, he quits his job at an animation studio over a dispute over a questionable script, and that is indeed how it was written, then returns home to throw a chaotic birthday party for Chris, despite Miranda saying that Chris could not have one because of his bad report card. Classic, classic parental thing, especially from the 90s. You just have these little things pop up. And it sets the tone for the whole movie. Anyway, back to the story. Returning home from work due to a neighbor's complaint, Miranda's furious with Daniel for having planned and thrown the party behind her back, and, after a heated argument, reaches the end of her patience and files a divorce. At their first custody hearing, the judge initially grants Miranda sole custody of the children, since Daniel has neither a residence nor a job, but tells Daniel that he will order joint custody if the former gets a suitable residence and job within three months. As Daniel works to rebuild his life, getting a meal job at a TV station, he learns that Miranda intends to hire a housekeeper and surreptitiously, it's a fun word, good one to throw in there, alters her classifieds for him when she refuses to let him take care of the children. He then calls Miranda several times, using his voice acting to trick her into thinking that that bed job applicants, I think they meant bad job, are calling. Then calls as a British-accented nanny whom he dubs Miss Euphigenia Doubtfire, who has years of experience. Impressed with her alleged qualifications, Miranda invites Mrs. Doubtfire for an interview. Daniel enlists his brother Frank, a makeup artist, and his partner Jack to transform him into the character. So one of the things that you know I was reading about some fun facts about this story to to break, they they were talking about how during the filming of Miss Doubtfire they actually had the director was so concerned with missing some of Robert Robin Williams uh, improv because as we all know Robin Williams was an amazing improvisational artist he had this manic energy um, about him he was able to just make things up on the fly and it was I don't know kind of like trying to catch lightning I guess. Uh, so what he did is he had three cameras on him at all times, pretty much. And so they actually ended up getting so much extra footage that they could have made, I think it was like five or six different ratings of the movie, depending on, uh, how clean or how dirty you wanted, I guess. They said it could range from G up to NC-17, which I was like, uh, <laughs> I'd be, imp- I, that would be impressive to see that. But they settled on PG-13, um, and was probably a good choice. 
much wider audience can watch that. But I thought that was interesting. The director wanted to make sure that all of his stuff was caught on camera because he did just do stuff off the top of his head. Back to the story. After being further impressed by the interview, Miranda hires Mrs. Doubtfire. The children initially struggle to adjust to Mrs. Doubtfire's strict methods, but they soon begin to thrive, becoming happier and doing better in school, while Miranda is able to heal her strained relationship with them as she and Miss Doubtfire become good friends. Daniel has, le- Daniel, sorry. Daniel has to learn several skills to play the role convincingly, such as cooking and cleaning, and also improves himself. However, despite impressing Miranda greatly with his newfound maturity, Daniel soon realizes that he has indirectly created another barrier, as when he asks to look after the children, Miranda insists she could never dismiss Mrs. Doubtfire, as the family's lives have been made so much better by her. Quote, unquote. One night, Chris and Lydia accidentally learn that Mrs. Doubtfire is their father in disguise, but after the initial panic and learning why he did it, agree to keep it a secret and are happy to have him back in their lives. One day, Jonathan Lundy, the CEO of the TV station Daniel works at, sees Daniel clowning around with toy dinosaurs on the set of an unsuccessful children's program on the cusp of cancellation. Impressed with his creativity, Lundy invites him to dinner at Bridges Restaurant on the coming Friday night in order for Daniel to pitch ideas as a possible new host. Miranda, meanwhile, expects Miss Doubtfire to attend a birthday dinner arranged by her new romantic interest, Stuart Dunmire, scheduled at the same time and place. Whew, sometimes it's hard to read these things. Unable to reschedule his dinner with Lundy and not wanting to disappoint his family, Daniel goes to the restaurant and tries to rotate between both dinners, changing in and out of the Miss Doubtfire costume in the restroom. Wow, that would be amazing to watch, I think. (laughs) He consumes several alcoholic beverages between the two tables and becomes tipsy. He forgets to change out of the Miss Doubtfire costume before returning to Lundy's table and seasons pepper, an ingredient Stuart is allergic to on Stuart's order. When Lundy questions the, the costume... Daniel quickly covers for his mistake by explaining that his alter ego is his idea for a television persona impressing Lundy. At Miranda's table, Stuart starts choking on the pepper. Out of regret, Daniel, still in the Miss Doubtfire costume, administers a Heimlich maneuver and manages to save him. Unfortunately, during the struggle, Daniel's mask rips, Daniel's mask rips off, revealing his identity. Horrified and furious, as I would be too, Miranda storms out of the restaurant with the children. At their next custody hearing, Daniel demonstrates he has a job and a suitable home, then explains his action. Unfortunately, the judge, although sympathetic, is disturbed by his behavior and grants Miranda full custody, with Daniel limited to supervised visitations once a week. The ruling devastates Daniel and, unbeknownst to him, Miranda, as she realizes that he never meant any harm. Without Miss Doubtfire, Miranda and the children become depressed, realizing how much she, quote-unquote, therefore Daniel, improved their lives. However, they are delighted when they see Daniel dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire hosting his own television program, Euphigenia's House, which becomes a hit across several American cities. One day, Miranda pays a visit to Daniel after he wraps up one episode and, congratulating him on his success, admits that things were better when he was involved, so she forgives him, successfully appeals the custody ruling, allowing them joint custody, and makes peace with him. Later, the kids are greeted by Daniel, revealed as their new babysitter, undisguised and without supervision. They head out as Miranda watches the Euphigenia's House episode where Mrs. Doubtfire answers a letter from a little girl whose parents are divorcing, saying that no matter what arrangement families have, love will prevail. And there you go. That's the whole entire synopsis. It's interesting to me, uh, you know, reading this kind of synopsis, you know, I've read several synopsis on this uh, podcast already, and this one has been, was a pretty good one, honestly. I felt like I was able to follow along with the story pretty well. I mean, obviously there are some things in here that they could have been better explained. I mean, you probably could have spent some more time going into detail on some of the 
scenes throughout the film, but, you know, the the big ones they focus on, you know, like when he's in the restaurant between the two families, I feel like they explained that fairly well. And honestly, a lot of these movies, and I can imagine having seen Robin Williams' movies in the past, you probably can't really explain a lot of the film. It's one of those things that you just have to watch. So I would say, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10... Uh, a seven or an eight. I mean, there there was there was some spelling errors in there that I was like, eh, you know, this this could be better. And uh, you know, there was also some other things where it's like, you know, you could have gone into some more detail on some things. But a synopsis is just that. I mean, it's supposed to give you a good idea of what the movie's supposed to be without actually, you know, show, you can't experience a movie by reading it. I mean, there's a reason why you make movies and why you write books. Uh, there's two different categories of people that like those. Uh, there's two different reasons for reading for reading versus watching, and this one would be one you just have to watch. So one of the things that I did want to mention, too, another fun fact uh, before we finalize this is, you know, at the end there they talk about how uh, they don't get back together. Well, apparently the, I think it was the producer, the director was, fired over that because the you know the films at the time this is in the 90s and whatnot the films at the times were you know they all the studios wanted a happy ending here we go uh and i have a link to this list of 20 facts about uh miss defra behind the scenes that i'm going to be linking to this podcast so feel free to if you want to learn some more about the film go go and check this out but this is number 17 they have on their list called the studio fire the writer it was the writer for not making Daniel and Miranda reunite. So there's this interesting, if you if you ever get into the history of filmmaking there, there was a time period where they didn't have you know, as much censorship, they didn't have as much, a lot of stuff was more real to life, um, and then 40s, 50s censorship came in, they all wanted to be a certain way, uh, the white hat, you know, the, the good guy had to win at the end, uh, there had to be a good moral story, the families. You watch the old TV shows that they had to sleep in two separate beds, et cetera, et cetera. They want to have this pure Puritan-type feel to it. And this is a good example of that kind of a leftover. I mean, nowadays it wouldn't be so much of a thing. But back at this point in time, the 90s, it was still kind of enforced to some extent. And so they apparently fired the writer over, which I thought was uh, an interesting. So that would be it for today's uh, bad movie synopsis reading. Uh, this one, I think, was one of those good movie synopsis. I felt like I was able to get the gist of the actual movie. And again, you know, 7, 8 out of 10. And if you want to uh, read this synopsis, go check it out. It's on IMDb. Thanks for listening. Please like and share this podcast. Join us each week for new episodes of Bad Movie Synopsis, where we read movie synopsis and discuss how well they were written plus other interesting movie facts. Thank you.